and welcome to episode 191 of the NFL Scotland podcast. The NFL schedule has been released and after absolutely no public demand whatsoever, I'm back. My name is Cameron Hobbs. Who? How did he get back in? <laughs> Welcome along to episode 191. We'll let him in occasionally during the podcast. Great to see Cameron back and our congratulations to Cameron and his good lady on the arrival of their little baby, which is why he's been away. We're delighted to be joined by Gordon McGuinness and Ian Stephen, both members of the NFL Scotland podcast team, to talk schedule release. Uh, we've had all the leaks Spelt both ways, according to our WhatsApp chat. So we're ready to go and see which are the best games and which are the games involving the Jaguars you don't want to watch. Gentlemen, before we get stuck into this, I want to just touch on the... I don't want to call it buzz because it's not necessarily buzz. The content in the build-up to the schedule release. This has become a content event in the NFL calendar. But there was one thing in particular, and we all... I certainly fell foul of it. The NFL schedule leak Twitter account that was created in May that managed to amass over 10,000 followers. And then the guy who ran in behind it admitted 24 hours before the schedule that he'd just been sitting making it all up. And all these people happens, have been reporting it. It happens every year and everyone still falls for it every single year. <laughs> also, like, I, the, the thing I don't understand about people getting excited about schedule leaks is... You already know who the teams are playing. The whole point in the schedule release and all that, all the razzmatazz they have around it, which, to the NFL's credit, they've made the schedule release like an event in its own in its own thing. But, like, you know we're going to find out when all those teams play the next day. Like, the desperation to know, or I suppose for people who, like, travel to games, like, you want to be able to plan. But I'd love to know how many people book flights based on like schedule leak things they see because that's just asking to waste money i another favorite of mine that always comes around and i'm not taking any pot shots if you're listening to this and you do this this isn't a pot shot i just i think it's a sign of how starved people get of nfl um but there are so many uh, social media accounts that i follow from the nfl scotland account uh, where they are creating graphics for their predicted schedule People just making up a schedule based on the the teams that they're due to play and and putting it out. I I genuinely and maybe I'm wrong, right? We're always looking for content. We're always looking for talking points here. I don't know that there's much talking point behind me predicting and guessing what a schedule might be. Like, so what? <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get it. No, I mean, I'm quite happy to predict. I mean, I think we're being very narrow here. I mean, we're talking about 2022. Why aren't we talking about 2023? You know, I mean, why aren't we getting ahead of the game? I think the Super Bowl winners will open on Thursday night uh, in the 2023 schedule. And I'm quite happy to go on the record and say that. So, yeah, I'll do a graphic graphic later. Uh, Listen, I'm going out on a limb, but in 2023, Detroit and Dallas will play in Thanksgiving. Yes, indeed. Um, I I like some of that as well, that people counteract with it as well. Um, I saw a couple of tweets of, you know, people can officially reveal that the Baltimore Ravens will be playing the Steelers twice, the Bengals twice, and the Browns twice. The rivalries are back. I was like, that. yeah, that's good. That's good content as well. Okay, anyway, enough of the noise. Let's get into the content itself. So the NFL schedule has officially been released. If you sat up and watched it, well done you. I'll be honest, I wasn't planning to, but as Paul alluded to at the top, there's been a slight life change for me. Uh, and I was awake 
while the schedule was released, but it wasn't through choice. Uh, and I did see it all land, and Rich Eisen led the content, and it's all done very well. It's very polished, uh, great to get people viewing and all that kind of jazz. But we learned officially at that point that week one, Thursday Night Football opens with a stellar affair as the Buffalo Bills travel to play the Super Bowl champions, the LA Rams. That's a tasty tie to get us going, right? Yeah, I think it's a great game to, to open. I think like there was going to be a, a kind of limited number of choices like, that we could have had the Rams play based on their schedule um, this year that was going to be like a big, exciting game. And I think quite often they try and look for like some kind of rematch or something like that. Like this is a game that I, I, I could not remember the last Rams-Bills game. I'm assuming it was four years ago based on you know the way the schedule works. But like to get that as a... You know, we're getting Josh Allen at the you know prime of his career. We're getting the Rams as the superstar team. It's like a really nice way to open the season, I think. I think what's interesting from the Bills' perspective, and you can agree or disagree, I think this is a free hit for the Bills. You know, you go to the Rams, say, in week 10, 11, you might be under a little bit of pressure. You go on a Thursday night to open the season. You can get out to California 10, 12 days before if you want to prepare in that way. You can be really tuned up and ready to go. I think this is a great start from the Bills' perspective. It's a, it's a free hit. Last time that the Rams played the Bills was in Buffalo. It was actually 2020 in September. 32-35 victory for the Buffalo Bills. Um, so that was an absolute stutter then. Um, and a great opening encounter. Quite often you can find that the, the opening game can has felt like just a bit of a, a slumbering start at times. But, I mean, Ian, these are two great teams. We want to see that the Rams can continue the great form from last year. We want to see what Josh Allen's all about. It's something that's going to potentially be worth setting up for. I think you're going to get a ton of people picking the Bills for the Super Bowl and the, the AFC. Um, and for such a small market team, I think the level of outside interest in them was going to be quite high this year. So it's an absolute slam dunk, What the, the game that they've picked. It's difficult to pick any weaknesses in either of the teams. Um, usually there's, there's always something that kind of creeps in that kind of maybe makes it slightly... Not as level as it could be, but I think it's two teams that will go toe-to-toe and I think the players are going to be really excited for it as well. It's not an, an easing in situation. Remember, there's one less pre-season game. They're going to be itching to, itching to go and I'm pretty sure the, the Bills are going to be determined to prove that they belong there as one of the favourites for the, the AFC this season. Uh, clearly, I've been away from this for a couple of weeks and uh, I've got myself wound up into a frenzy. Gordon, has there ever been a Super Bowl that's a repeat of the opening fixture of the season? I've got absolutely no idea. I feel like... So, I, I mean, how long have they done Thursday night kickoff for? We're maybe at like about 10 years or so now, yeah. maybe a little bit yeah. more, 10 to 15 years. I feel yeah. like maybe, but there's nothing that jumps out as like a definite. I, I I would go out on a limb and say in the era of when there wasn't an opening kickoff game, it feels highly likely that there's been at least one week one game that has gone on to be the Super Bowl as well. That just shows that shows just how unpredictable the NFL is because the NFL will always try and schedule uh, the, the its favourites for the Super Bowl and. 
um, the prime time slots, but there's always one team that comes along that nobody ever expects, and they end up just completely disrupting the schedule. So off to an absolute flyer off a start. Then we get on to the Saturday, not the Saturday, we, we don't do that, we do the Sunday. September 11th, of course, 21st anniversary of the September 11th. I expect to see an awful lot of that covered throughout these games, but we've got a, a huge six o'clock slate. Scott Hansen, a busy one to, to commence his season. Uh, nine games, I think it is, all kicking off at six o'clock. Um, there's like and there's like maybe one and a half good ones. It's a, yeah. hor- it's a horrible one o'clock slate. Lions, Eagles, rubbish. Bears, 49ers, rubbish. Bengals, Steelers, rubbish. If they want, if you wanted to do divisional games, so Patriots, Dolphins, I think is probably the pick of the bunch. Falcons, Saints, like all right, okay, maybe. If you're going to do an AFC North game, do Bengals, Ravens at what? Like, it, it's not. It's it, I, I hate the one o'clock, which is a shame. And, and there will be good games out of it. it it's it, when I saw the one o'clock or the six p.m. for us schedule, my initial reaction was, "That's really, really disappointing." I think there's some storylines potentially that, that you get. You know, should Baker Mayfield go to the uh, the Panthers, for example? The Browns will play the Panthers. That would be quite fun. But there's not a lot of games that I'm looking at there. Because, I mean, the Steelers-Bengals, traditionally, you think be a really good game. But those powerhouses have tended to swing round. We're not sure who's going to play at quarterback. The Saints opening at, opening at Atlanta. Mm. You know, it's a division rivalry. It's quite an intense rivalry. Fox will be happy from their perspective. They can, you know, they can sell that game. Ravens Jets a bit meh. I was just checking ticket availability for Jaguars against the Commanders. Uh, I'm happy to report it's good. If you want a ticket for that, um, I would wait probably about four months, then you'll get one. Um, you know, it's the Giants Titans is an interesting one because the uh, you're Titans creeping always, into the late game still. You're creeping uh, into uh, the late oh, game. Oh sorry, I've I've gone one over. Yeah, but I think that that's that's the measure of it. Yeah. Yeah, the late the late yeah. actually, good. The late the late late's late is yeah. really good. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I think you know if you were to take one of them and put them in, I think any of these games in the late slate you could argue would be the sort of headline game across the country. Um I don't think you can. I mean, if I don't know whether Fox or CBS get gets week one, but I'm not really sure what national game comes out of of that. I guess Steelers, Bengals, and Saints, Falcons are likely to be the national games. Yeah, yeah, Patriots, Dolphins as well. I think is probably another likely likely one. Packers at Vikings feels like it's been put into the wrong slot there. It almost does feel like, because the, the four games that you've got in 925, fine. Giants at Titans, it depends on what Giants come out there. But the other three, Chiefs at Cardinals is fascinating um, for numerous reasons. You know, all the Kyler Murray stuff, um, the, the trade that they've made for Hollywood Brown, there's no DeAndre Hopkins. Still fascinating to see, do the Chiefs come out guns blazing or do they suffer any because Tyreek Hill's away? The Raiders then at the Chargers, I think, is the plum tie because of this is going to maybe tell us a little bit about who these guys are going to be. Um, the Raiders with Devontae Adams coming in and what does that new offense look like? And can the Chargers take a step up with their new defensive pieces? 
you know, you've got Khalil Mack playing up against the Raiders again. So there's so many storylines there. And I feel like the Packers at Vikings is just going to get lost a little bit in that West Coast noise, which feels it would have been, if Packers-Vikings was at the six o'clock slot, it would be up there as probably one of the number one or number two game. Uh, again, I think that Patriots-Dolphins is probably the most interesting. I think that Saints, that Saints at Falcons is potentially a little bit interesting. Steelers-Bengals is. I don't think actually we kind of neglected that one a little bit because obviously we need to find out whether Kenny Pickett's tiny hands can actually do anything to the Cincinnati Bengals or whether or not that's going to be um, an absolute mauling there. So there is things there. Ian, you know, Lions, Eagles at Lions. Obviously the Lions have picked up a couple of top pieces. The Eagles have done an amazing draft and added a load of interesting pieces. So is that relevant because the Eagles are going to be relevant and the Lions might make a step forward? I mean, it's always relevant in the sense that it shows you what kind of team you're going to have. But in the grand scheme of things, Eagles-Lions is not a, a date that Eagles fans are um, circling. I don't think that's going to be high priority compared to other games in the schedule. One thing that's interesting that the Colts-Texans is is how good Matt Ryan might be for the Colts. And maybe the NFL's been slightly easy on him, giving him a, a, a fairly pedestrian debut for the Colts, where he could have been scheduled up against a much tougher defence. Also, Bears and the the 49ers, it'd be interesting to see how Justin Fields' development carries on from last season, because the Bears were getting quite excited about how well he was doing before his injury, so that's going to carry a bit of interest as well. Yeah, some good stuff. So, Sunday night football, well, Sunday night football, as we know, kicks off on a Thursday, because it's a Sunday night game according to the NFL, which just is slightly weird. But the first proper Sunday game and Cameron I, I'm always intrigued they've, they've gone to try and get the audience immediately Buccaneers at Cowboys I mean it's it's a terrific one for the neutral as well as the fan of these two fan bases I mean to open up in Dallas and to put Brady out there is is a fascinating tie especially with Brady coming back out of retirement I think that you're right they've gone for the the viewing figures and that's exactly what they're going to get out of this one there's so many questions obviously of Dallas and what are they going to be this year Amari Cooper away they're going to lean heavily on CD Lamb Michael Gallup this Cowboys team has just not quite got all things uh, clicking and they will want to show after the defeat to the Niners in the playoffs that they are a contender once again and I think that they're going to be worried within the division because I think that the Eagles have taken a much more substantial step forward uh, and therefore the Cowboys are, are going to have a challenge on their hands this year so uh, Jalen Hurts pending big asterisk but I, I think it's a really plum tie uh, and I think it's an exciting one is, is plum tie going to be your, your phrase of the episode? Have I said that a lot? <laughs> I think that's the third plum tie you've mentioned. The, the poor man is sleep deprived. Leave I am. <laughs> it's fine. I'll think of other fruits for my future analogies. <laughs> so the orange tree of Sunday night football looks to me, Gordon, like week two, bears at Packers. It's a bit of a trope, isn't it? It is. Uh, I think also they've, they've found a way to get way too many Bears primetime games on the schedule, um, which we don't really need. Uh, but I, I think they always try and get Bears Packers on primetime because, you know, it gives you, it gives the Bears, you know, the best chance to kind of get fired up for a game because it's the game against their their biggest rivals. And to be fair, we have seen, you know, a couple of times where they've really got up for those games. But the thing I always worry... I, 
it from my experience of watching those games in recent years, they never feel like they live up to the hype. And maybe that's because they're hyped so much, but it never feels like it's, you know, as good a game as as they're trying to sell it to be. Ian, with Ingo, we've got 49ers at Broncos. We'll get an early chance to see Russell Wilson in prime time, which we will do on Monday Night Football as well. Chiefs at Bucks, fairly predictable. Bengals at Ravens, looks tasty in week five. Then we get Cowboys, Eagles. Steelers, Dolphins in week seven. I don't know if they're allowed to flex out that early, <laughs> but Ian, that looks like the weakest game on the schedule, just as you take it cold. Possibly. I mean, there's a, a kind of... So a kind of juggernaut that's just been ignited perhaps in Miami. They, they, they finished the season really strongly and they brought in Tariq Hill and Miami have got a fairly large fan base, especially in, in Europe as we know. So there's probably more interest in that and they're going against the Pittsburgh's name from the last 15 years. Um, people will be interested to see how Pickett does, but in terms of scheduling what will be a marquee matchup that one it does look like it's got a bit of a question mark against it Cameron if there's one job I want in the NFL apart from an announcing gig which would be nice it would be to pick these schedules because you are you're trying to cast in advance and we'll come in we'll, we'll talk about Thursday night and Monday night in a moment but at least Sunday night football does have that option to flex out I mean again I'm looking at I think Patriots-Raiders is quite a a ballsy call for Week 15. Uh, I think Rams-Chargers is pretty safe on Week 17. Uh, The other one that has just got a whiff that it could go either way is Week 12, Patriots at Vikings. I'm just not sure how these teams are going to do this year. I think that's quite a brave call. Yeah, and and you're right. I think it's this is one that we've seen them flex, and it's it's a great opportunity. It's not great for the fans who are trying to book their travel and things like that, but. as long as they're not going wild, you know, you're pushing it out to the 925 and no further. But I think that it's it's a hard thing to do because you've got a lot to look at. You've got to try and figure out exactly who's going to be relevant at any given week. But there are some, there's some real cracker ties here. The, yeah, the Rams chargers, um, the Hollywood bowl on the 1st of January in week 17, I think is absolutely brilliant. Um, It's, it's got to be difficult. Uh, you've got to try and make sure that you're getting the spread. You're not putting too many teams into that position. Um, and, and there is only so many teams. There are two headliners, really, when it when it comes to this. So uh, I, I think the Sunday night schedule at the moment looks to be pretty solid. You're right. There's a couple of maybes in there. They're the types of games, as Ian says, you know, there's always someone comes left field that you're not expecting could well be some of these teams that they've got in some of these games. So I think they roll the dice, they figure out how the league looks, and then they can flex if they need to. And I would just like to point out, and this could be significant because it depends how you feel and how the Saints are going to do. Number of Saints appearances slated on Sunday night football, zero. And that's been a while. That has been a while, especially as the, the Saints have the opportunity to complete the bird gauntlet this year as well. So no team has ever beaten all five bird teams in a single season, but the Saints are playing them all this year. So they are week one at the Falcons, week five against the Seahawks, uh, week seven, they're at the Cardinals, week nine, they're playing the Bengals, week 15, they've got the Falcons again, and week 17, they're at the Eagles. Um, so did, did, did the sleep might, deprived person say the Bengals? Did I, I say the Bengals? 
you, you, you might you be do. missing a bird there if you're if you've got the Bengals. The Bengal did the Bengals <laughs> the, 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 the Bengals the Bengals beat down of the Ravens twice last year, allowed them to steal their wings and stick them onto their <laughs> striped back and fly. And the Bengals the Bengals are now a bird. Week nine at the Ravens. Now I'm clearly going to edit that in and cut out all that nonsense. Um but yeah, yeah. So yeah, sleep. Oh, Jesus. Um However, opportunity there to beat all the birds. I think that week 17, if the Saints, that Saints-Eagles game could be a perfect example of a game that could get flexed, especially if there's the opportunity. No, it's not going to be week 17 because the Rams Chargers, I think, will be highly relevant at that point. Um, but yeah, uh, you're right. It says a lot about the Saints. There's, I'm just having a look as well. Other than the Bucks on week one, there's not, anybody from the NFC South at all appearing. Oh, no, I'm wrong. The Bucks are also yeah. there on Christmas Day. Yeah, the, the, Buc- the Bucks are there. So the Bucks are there on week four as well. So there's a few of them, but it's the division oh, that's, that's, that's not getting a lot of love. Um, I, I find this interesting. So let's nip to... Cameron, you can take care of Thursday night football. I just want to go to Monday night football. And I think sometimes Monday night football can be a very interesting thing because certainly early doors, you, you've got a chance to get some really good games. Broncos Seahawks is a brilliant pickup on week one. I mean, you know, Russell Wilson wandering back to his old stomping ground is a fascinating start. Titans Bills in week two also smacks of, of a great start. And then Ian... It's Monday night football for your boys and because it's a double header, Vikings Eagles, which bizarrely Ian goes up almost the same time as the Titans Bills. That must be something to do with uh, venue availability at one of the two in one of the two cities, presumably the Eagles. I don't know if there's um baseball that's still going on at, at that point, nineteenth of September. Yeah, I mean, potentially you'll still have baseball there, but one one of these games will be on ABC, the other will be on uh, ESPN. But they're, they're sister channels. It's not as if they're in they are. competition. Yeah. They could have probably negotiated to try and spread the games out a bit more, so it's a curious uh, scheduling. Um, I, I would maybe wager that most people would tune into the Bills and Titans. That seems maybe more competitive and relevant than the Vikings-Eagles. And Gordon, I think we had hoped that the Ravens Saints would be in London. Sadly, it's not to be, but it does end up as Monday Night Football in Week Nine. Yeah, it would have been it would have been a fun uh, London game that I think we would have definitely made the attempts to get down for. I I'm a little bit disappointed because a couple of years ago, when work wise, I was purely focused on our version of football instead of the American football side at PFF. I'd earmarked this as like I'm definitely gonna go whatever whatever week the Ravens are playing the Saints, I'm gonna tie in uh a holiday the week before or the week after, make sure I get to a home game and that game. Um so now I'm gonna have to wait, I'm assuming probably eight years unless the seventeenth game results in that. But I I think that'll be a that'll be a relatively fun game. I'm obviously very worried about, you know, going up against Jameis Winston because I know how good a quarterback he is, but uh, you know, I think the Ravens can win that. Am I the only person that's a lot lower on the Saints than the rest of you? I, I, I no, think... the, Saints, the Saints are not. Uh, no, no, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, I think that the Saints will be okay. I don't think they're they're going to necessarily be a threat. Cameron, so yes. the scheduler of Monday Night Football has to get it right. There is no flex. There is no room. So the last three weeks, have they got it right? 
Rams at Packers? You'd suggest yes. Chargers at Colts? And finishing off with Bills against Bengals? They all look safe, don't they? As things stand from last season, absolutely. I think, and I think that's what they've got to base it on, right? The the Rams at the Packers feels very safe. The Rams will be relevant and the Packers, we know, will still win that division. So they're going to be potentially playing to win it that week. Uh, Chargers at Colts is the only, only one that's got the potential to maybe not be that relevant at that point. However, based on the last couple of seasons, both these teams will still be in the hunt for a wild card spot, uh, which makes this one massively relevant. And then Bills at Bengals looks like an absolute stutter. So Listen, I, I need to interject there, Cameron. The Bills and Bengals has got the Bills already clinched. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Their, their seed and they're going to play their backups and the Bengals as a Super Bowl loser are going to be two and well I'll do the maths now because it's 16, two and 15 heading into the, <laughs> this game with possibly Joe Burrow injured as happens for the Bengals um, that looks like it's going, to, it's going to be like one of the worst matchups on the, the schedule just from how traditionally the NFL unfolds it's a fair I, point. I, I, I think that's worthy of a YouTube clip all of its own. We'll call Ian our new NFL media uh, influencer and cheerleader for, for for Monday Night Football. Listen, brilliant. I, I, if, if you want if you want some brilliant drama for Monday Night Football, you go to Week Ten with the Commanders coming back to Philadelphia. The the, the schedulers are pinning the hopes and Carson Wentz still being fit and returning to. The loudest booing. At the schedule, schedule it for week 10 feels like a mistake there. It, does, bit, yeah. <laughs> it does, but he, he's going to get the biggest booing at the link since Terrell Owens coming back. So if he's fit, that's going to be fascinating for people to watch. It's still a crap name, the Commanders, but that's another story. <laughs> yeah, I think so the, the Monday Night Football does look... I think the scheduling at the moment looks decent. I think across the board, Monday Night Football's got a tendency to be a little bit crap and uh, Thursday Night Football can be that as well. So we'll move on there because I think they've done a decent job as things stand uh, in that slot as well. As we know, the Rams open up uh, hosting the Bills. Week two, we've got Chargers at Chiefs, which we had confirmed uh, at the drafts. So, you know, that's a cracking tie right away. Week three, divisional, Steelers at Browns. Um, week four, you've got Dolphins at Bengals, which if the Bengals are going the way of Ian, that might be the game that just confirms that that's definitely going to be the case. That might be the one that Burrow goes down in. There you go. We'll pencil that for Thursday Night Football. Um, Colts at Broncos in week five. Commanders at Bears in week six feels like the first one uh, where we've got two teams that are, as things stand, not likely to be in the conversation. No, it's not a game that I think anyone's going to be overly excited about outside of those two fan bases. But then on the back of that, Saints at Cardinals could be interesting. And fine, Paul, you didn't get much Sunday night football, but you've got your Thursday night football. Uh, Week eight, Ravens at Buccaneers. Week nine, Eagles at Texans, perhaps not the most exciting. Again, it depends on how much of a step forward that the Texans take. Then week 10, Falcons at Panthers. Feels like the two also runs in the NFC South. Uh, Falcons and Panthers can pin that and come back at me. Week 11, though, really good. Titans at Packers. Week 12, Bills at Patriots. Great. Week 13, Raiders at Rams. Um, week 14, Niners at Seahawks. Um, week 15, let's finish on a high. Jaguars at Jets. So, you know... <laughs> <laughs> ah, fuck. Uh, we've used all our tokens up. We're going to be stuck with something. So we've got Jaguars and Jets. Um, 
I think what, what's interesting that comes out of this is we know it's Buck and Aitman they're going to be calling Monday night football. And I think the schedule reflects, and I'm just wondering, I mean, apart from the ridiculous amounts of money uh, they're getting, if they were basically told that we were paying a little bit more so we could get better games. Amazon, I think, pick up Thursday night football, um, cast and crew still to be largely announced. But if you look at quick Google of the old internet, it tells you that the weakest schedule is Thursday night, which is not a great surprise. And Jaguars at Jets at week 16 may be the worst scheduling of them all. Um, I mean, that could be irrelevance against complete irrelevance. Could be wrong, and you can play this back to me, but I'm just not convinced that's particularly I, great. I, I, I think you're absolutely wrong there. I think this is genius scheduling, and it's genius scheduling because it falls on the 22nd of December. So if you're <laughs> sitting there, particularly for if we think for Americans, you're sitting there Thursday evening, 8 o'clock at night, you know, you've only got, two full days before Christmas, you're running out of shopping time. The NFL have gifted fans three and a half hours where they can go shopping. I think I think it's a genius <laughs> gift <back> to fans. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, so, yeah, I think I got all my dates there mixed up as well, but there was one that I missed where, where we've got the uh, Cowboys at the Titans, which is another Thursday night game, which feels interesting. Uh, I think that's week 15. Uh, week, week 17, I think that ends. Is that week 17? I tell you, so, yeah. the website that I was just looking at to give me the Thursday night football has got it completely wrong. So we'll just put that one in the bin. They've got all their weekend wrong. Um, but yeah, so it's interesting. Now, you talked about something there, Paul, that I'll slightly come on to before we come back to the fixtures. The Tom Brady news broke this week that his $35 million a year contract to go into the booth when he's finished with Fox has been announced. Something that I've been pondering, and perhaps you guys can set me straight here. Where does the value come in spending that much money on a voice for your booth? Is... Is a voice like Tom Brady significant enough that someone is going to change what game they're watching because he's talking in the background over it? To so, the tune of 35 million. I, well, like look at the look at the reaction people have had to Tony Romo over the last couple of years. Like people people look forward to you know, me not amongst them, but there are people who will go out their way to and I think it's important as well to think about. So all of us, I'm assuming on a Sunday, the first game we're looking for is where our teams are playing. So the Ravens, Eagles, 49ers, Saints. If they're playing at 6 o'clock our time, that's the game I'm watching. But I've got to make a choice on what to watch in the second window or watch Red Zone. And I think that's kind of where they're trying to you know, entice people in. Is They want someone that can be, that people want to show up for. And I think anytime you hear Brady talk, you know, He's a he's a smart guy. He's been in the NFL for what twenty plus years. I think there will be people who do tune in to hear what Brady has to say on things. But they're not going to use him at like a six o'clock game, are they? They're going to keep him for prime time. I, I just I guess I'm not sure of the valuation and what he can bring. I get it for I get a company, and I'm trying to use one that's not anyone in any way connected to any of us. Let's say Pepsi, right? Want to do something. I get them paying money to Tom Brady to do what he's doing and talk about Pepsi because people then, when they've got an option to make that's not related to the thing himself, 
they'll maybe just front of mind take Pepsi. Therefore, there's a commercial payoff to spending 35 million on someone because you're thinking you'll get that back through the sales that he'll generate. What I don't understand is what is what is Fox generating? Viewing figures which allows commercial income from higher priced commercials, perhaps. But I just I don't know that if if he's going to be used on primetime games and things like that, then one, the people are going to watch the games. Like if, if you look at the six o'clock one, you your slate's got to be pretty shit by the fact that you're then using who's the co-commentator over the value of the game itself. Like, you know, you take that week one, for example, or take that Jags Jets game. If that's up against something like Steelers Browns, but you know, are you really going to choose Jag Jets because it's got Tony Romo on it? Sorry, Tony Romo, Tom Brady on it, rather than watching Steelers Browns, which is a divisional game. I can't, in my head, it doesn't feel like a good scale of economy to be spending that much money on someone that's just a voice in a booth that isn't driving income. I'd bet good money that, two things I'd bet good money on, there will be people who would tune in because they get to hear what Tom Brady says and stuff because he has a huge fan base. And the other thing is they're probably going to use him on other Fox football shows as well. And that'll be potentially where the value is. Fine. Yeah, I think I think that's where it comes, you know, and I think it's all about use. For example, if you were in this country to pay the presenter of Match of the Day some horrendous sum of money to present it, or you could give somebody, you know, say 10% of that, I think people are going to watch Match of the Day because that is, you know, how the programme is packaged. And personally, I don't think the host for that kind of thing matters. But I think for this, it does. I think Gordon nailed it there. He will be used across various Fox platforms. He'll be used to cross-promote, he'll be used to meet advertisers. So all of that thing coming together. Um, does Tom Brady need that amount of money? No, but he's the name. Because the, the alternative at the moment is supposed to be Greg Olson for the next couple of years until Brady comes out and takes his place. Um, and there's there's no way you would play that to Greg Olson. So you want to pay for the name, you pay for the name. And that's what they've done. Everybody, everybody can quantifiably put Tom Brady in the top five quarterbacks of all time. That's guaranteed. He's got a body of work. Everybody can see it. You cannot quantifiably put Tom Brady in the top five colour commentators of all time. He's completely and utterly unproven. A lot of these guys have had to work their way through college football or you had the NFL Europe was a, a foundation for players transitioning into uh, television, there is no guarantee that Brady is going to let alone deliver $35 million of value, but be coherent enough that people are going to completely and utterly destroy him on social media, on talk shows all over the place. Romo has set the bar so high now for what you expect. Brady has to better that. He can't just come out with his little Justin Bieber Bieber whiny voice and say that was a good pass. People won't accept it. He'll get slaughtered for the amount of money that he's on. So he's going to have to try and find a way to bring you so far inside the playbook, so far inside the quarterback's mind that it's not been replicated before. And I don't know if he can do that. If you were choosing somebody who's an ex-All-Pro quarterback to do that, then Peyton Manning seems like the obvious choice. Peyton's shown that he's got a personality in the past. He's got a good um, interest in speaking voice. He he runs offences by himself, so he would be like the perfect analyst uh, whilst the play was going on. So 
I mean, the, the, the point that I made when it's first announced is I hope Fox have got a get-out clause in the deal because there's no guarantee he's going to be success other than a giant poster board for them to say, look, we've got Tom Brady come advertise with us. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I think. Like he's he's earning double what apparently Romo and Troy Aikman are getting, and we know that whether your opinions on Romo's are whatever, he is he's good. Like he's popular. I just I just look at the money, and I, and I agree with you, Paul, with your match of the day thing. Do you know what? I think the host matters. It does matter because we talk about it. We talk about bad commentators. You don't want someone bad, but I don't think I don't think anything Brady can bring is worth double. To those many millions, uh, an Aikman or a Romo. Almost, it almost definitely is an advertising. Like, I would... I, yeah, yeah. yeah. And will he do anything else? Because Romo and Aikman don't really do anything outside their commentary. They don't do podcasts and shows for CBS and ESPN. They are there to do commentary above all else. Um, and I get... I, to Ian's point as well, I think there'll be a novelty element with this. And it might be amazing in the booth. There might be a novelty for a year or two. And then after that, you're left with a, a guy who's all his dishwater, um, a different type of plum. <laughs> hang, hang on. Does anybody seriously think that Fox haven't put him in a booth already and run him through games? Fox know mm. what they're getting. They're, that, to me, and I, I stand to be corrected, there is not a hope in hell I am giving a $370 million contract out to somebody who's not sat in a booth and run through at least four or five games with different commentators uh, to see how he reacts. If they've not done that, Hell, man, <laughs> yeah. because you just cannot, you cannot let people loose without without proper training. Uh, Paul, you I think know, you, Paul, you know yourself doing commentary in your own bedroom, practicing along to a video clip is a completely and utterly different world to doing it live in a stadium with thousands of fans making a bellowing noise. You having production talking in your ear at the same time as you trying to follow. Um, the action whilst colourblind and all the strips are the same and you can't read the numbers. The the job that commentators do is incredibly difficult and people probably don't give them enough credit for that. It is not an easy task. And if Brady does not have a very experienced leadoff man alongside him in the booth, then he could he could struggle and he could look like a, a dead fish, effectively. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be Kevin Burkhart. Yeah, yeah. I wanted, I wanted, to, I wanted to be Paul Mitchell. Can we not get Paul Mitchell but to I was be gonna... in the booth with Tom Brady and guide Tom Brady through games? I think that would be outstanding entertainment. I was going to say counterpoint. If Paul Mitchell can do it, surely anyone else can. Surely. Oh God! Shots fired. <laughs> shots, shots fired. No, no, no. I mean, you, you can take my twenty-year career commentating and just flush it down like that. That's fine. I don't mind. I don't mind. I've been paid professionally to commentate on d- 10 different sports, but that, no, it's fine. You you come and have a go. No problem. I, listen, nobody hates nobody hates Paul for his commentary. People hate Paul for a variety of other reasons. Yeah, personality. His commentary is perfectly fine. Personality mainly, so I have no problem with that. You know, absolutely not. Um, Ex- I can't exclusive, tell, I, exclusive in the podcast, everyone. He's secretly a Hibs fan. Um, I, I can't tell you the story... Uh, on the podcast, but I will tell you a story when we come off air about somebody being trained to be a commentator, a colour commentator. But I just oh. can't, I can't, I can't repeat it here. Oh, oh, oh! Um, bringing it back around to schedule to to complete the circuit. The one thing that we've not talked about, 
and hopefully I've had enough of my coffee as we've been doing this to finally waken up. But uh, Thanksgiving is another day in the diary that we always look forward to because you get those three Thursday night games and they kick off at a bloody reasonable time for us. So we've got uh, on Thursday, the 24th of November, Bills at Lions to open things up. Of course, we know the Lions always do. Then we know it's the Cowboys. Giants at Cowboys. The late one on that one, Patriots Vikings. How do we feel about the, the Thanksgiving slate this year? I, I always like watching the Lions on Thanksgiving. It's a bit of tradition, isn't it? You know, I wish they would go and get better uniforms um, because some of the stuff that they've worn on Thanksgiving is horrendous. The Bills are always entertaining. Giants against Dallas, what, the NFC game? You can't argue with that. It's, it's a divisional rivalry um, that will get, whether they're good, bad or indifferent, you've got a guaranteed audience for that. Yep. I think where it falls down, I think the Lions, and this is effectively the Lions' lone primetime game of the year. They don't have a primetime game, but this is obviously an island game where everyone's going to be watching. And I think the fact that they've paired it with a good matchup, because I think the NFL have been guilty of putting really poor games in that first slot. I think getting the Bills in there makes a lot of sense. Where it really falls down, those Patriots Vikings at the end, like they've done a they've done a really good job of having exciting rivalry games as the, the final game in recent years. You know, Patriots-Vikings just doesn't feel like that same level of game to end the, to end the day. We have had some good games over the years, so I, I, you want that last one to be relevant to make sure that you stay up for it. Uh, right now, very difficult to say that it's going to be, but who knows, right? Who knows? I think okay. the other interesting day, Cameron, just before we wrap this up, is, is Christmas Day. You know, just as it falls, we get, I think it's three games on, on Christmas Day, which will be an interesting one. Um, so we're, we're looking at the Raiders at Steelers, we're looking at Packers at Dolphins, and then Broncos at Rams. That's a fairly tasty Christmas. It's a it's a fairly tasty Christmas, and it's it depends on what you do for your for your Christmas. Um, it's a tasty Christmas Eve as well, like great Christmas Eve. Uh, an absolute full slate of games there keep you going um, right through the night, so you can start Christmas early. Santa delivers his first present at quarter past one in the morning here, as he gives us the Raiders of the Steelers. It, it, Gordon's going to get a really early gift as um, Derek Carr wipes the smile off Kenny Pickett's face. Merry, Merry Christmas. There, there's no way that Steelers fans are smiling in December anyway this year, so I don't, I don't think that's going to have the same joy that it could have had. And we're missing the real story here, and that has come to us from the North Pole that Santa Claus is absolutely thrilled he doesn't have to be in Philadelphia on Christmas Eve. <laughs> <laughs> is it is, is Dolphins at the Packers? Is it Lambeau Field on Christmas Day? Other way around, Packers at Dolphins. Uh, so you get a nice sunny weather. I was hoping we were going to get snow on Christmas. <laughs> Pittsburgh Raiders at Steelers, you might get it in Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah, could. Um, but yeah, really interesting. And then obviously the, the interesting one, and this comes around every now and then, but the sweet spot where these games land, where everyone's on holiday. Of course, we've got a really big slate on the 1st of January. Um, no Saturday game as things stand at the moment, so nothing on Hogmanay, but an absolute full slate on the Sunday to, to keep us entertained as well. So plenty, plenty to get excited about. 
the schedule release feels like the NFL's coming. You now know what you've got to look forward to. You can start putting your plans together if you're going to make a trip. If you're going to London, great. You know what that's looking like. If you want to go to Munich, good luck to you. Um, good luck getting tickets. I'm sure it'll be an amazing experience. We can't wait to see what people do. And there'll be a lot of people now sitting looking at the scenarios here to figure out how can they travel and get as many games as they possibly can in over a couple of days. There's a couple of sweet spots there. Make sure you check out the guys at Touchdown Trips. They do some amazing work uh, and they put together some amazing schedules. So give them a look out. But all in all, very exciting, you know, and this is this is where you can start the hype. This is where you can actually start talking about conversations of relevance. Um, it's full steam ahead to the season, right? Well, this is us now in the phony war where we have to wait five months for something to actually happen now. I think this is the last talking point. All we can look forward to now is players getting arrested for a variety of offences before training camp opens. I was going to say, it's just from here, the five months of injuries and criminal activity. That's pretty much what we've got. Well, to be fair, we've also got Kenny Pickett's new album, which is called Tiny Hands, to look forward to. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. I don't know if he's putting a track out first as a teaser but we'll see um you missed a stiff little fingers joke there but that's that's one for another podcast um, <laughs> <laughs> um one other thing to talk about then we've kind of teased this on our twitter account but we do have a giveaway to do so what have we got we've got a baltimore ravens david ojabo number 90 top to give away in size large um, we've been able to uh, obtain this. I do believe we are the first people to give away a David Ajabo Baltimore Ravens top. So which, you know, which makes makes a lot of sense because all of us are now Ravens fans, as per the agreement on the podcast. So, absolutely, uh, I'll be I'll be perfectly honest. It arrived in the post yesterday. I took it out, and it is a lovely color top. That I have to admit, I have to admit, if you hadn't. Gubbed us in the Super Bowl. I might have been more open to. Uh, but, um, we, wore, we wore the whites when we gubbed you in the Super Bowl. <laughs> Valid point. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, yeah, a lovely, lovely top. So an official NFL David Ajabo top that we've got that we're going to be giving away. Stay tuned to our Twitter account over the weekend. We'll be giving you the opportunity to get your hands on that. Very excited to give that away. Very excited to follow David's journey. You know, this year we're very lucky. We've got, as things stand, two Scottish players uh, in the special teams room at the New York Giants. We've got one player at the Baltimore Ravens and David Ajabo. You know, with Graham Cano, we've got Jamie Gill in there. It's, it's exciting times. It's great for us in Scotland being able to talk about this and have this Scottish tie to, to so many players concurrently in the NFL. Absolutely brilliant content. So we'll be following all that with much interest. Um, and yeah, we will. We, we reached out as well recently and asked people for some, so, for some feedback. Um, one bit of feedback that we got was that we possibly talk about the Packers too much. So, you know, that's fine. You'll be pleased to hear that will not happen this year because we're just going to talk about the Ravens. So, you know, that's that's progress. Win, don't say win, we win. don't listen. It fe- feels like a win-win. <laughs> it ba- basically, what that feedback means is the listeners want more less, of me and less, and less of, of Charles. Charles yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually... Um, so we did ask Charles if he was available to, to do the podcast this morning. However, he declined it because he's going to be on the golf course. 
And as I look at the rain beating off my window, I can't help but laugh. Um, I hope you enjoyed your round, Charles. I hope you enjoyed it. It's nothing like fishing your your golf ball out the out the tee, out the tee, out the hole at the end. You know, when it, when it bobbles at the top there because it's so waterlogged. That's how what you call a proper round of golf. Anyway. Lots and lots to do, but let's call that the full-time whistle for episode 191 of the NFL Scotland podcast. Please do continue to share your thoughts. Please do give us your feedback. We have put that on Twitter. Send us a direct message. We want to get your thoughts. We're trying to make things even better for the 2022 season. We want to hear how we can do it, so do let us know. But thank you for taking the time to listen to this. Thank you for sharing your thoughts. Please keep doing it. It's been the episode of the Plum Tie. It's been the episode of the Scottish Tie. We'll be back again in a couple of weeks' time talking ties and everything else you can think of connected with the NFL. My thanks to Ian Stephen Gordon McGuinness and a great welcome back to Cameron Hobbs, who's currently eating cereal, which is why I'm wrapping up the podcast. Thank you for listening. Check out our social media accounts. We'll be back in a couple of weeks' time, as I say. Thanks for listening. Bye for now. 